Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Last Night in Vegas. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and man, has it been a couple of weeks. So we went to Durango last week, which was cool. And I honestly wasn't like super looking forward to Durango opening. I was really excited for it to open and it opened and it was cool. It was fine. It's cool for a local spot, but you guys know this podcast and especially for those of you outside of the city limits, uh, the really big one that I had been looking forward to was Fontainebleau or Fountain Blue for the normal person uh, opening here in Las Vegas. So that is where I went on opening night on Wednesday, December 13th, and at the stroke of midnight, when it turned to the 14th, I was able to walk in to the fabulous Fountain Blues. So that is what the topic of conversation is for this episode. I'm going to tell you about my first thoughts on the property itself, and kind of stay tuned because we will be going there and staying uh, next week, which would be the 20th, I believe, is when I'll be over at Fountain Blue, staying at the property. So this is the Fountain Blue First Thoughts episode, coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. Okay, everybody, so let's go ahead and dive into the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the Fountain Blue first thoughts uh, when I walked in. So uh, they had this sort of situation, which a lot of people were sort of, you know, wondering, is there going to be a fireworks show? Was there going to be anything, you know, exciting going on? Which there was on the inside if you were a VIP. Um, I was not. I was just a normal person just like everybody else. Uh, But in all the years that I've lived here, I've never gone to a hotel opening before, so it was really, really exciting just to, you know, be there with a bunch of other people and really sort of experience this whole thing, you know, as as a group of Las Vegans. So a uh, little background, uh, I actually used to be a tour guide for, you know, three and a half, four years on the big bus tour, which is a double-decker bus. We are headquartered, our headquarters when we were out on the strip was at Circus Circus, so it sits right across the street from Fountain Blue. So... I honestly uh, had been seeing this building for the last, you know, 10, 11 years of my life here in Las Vegas. And you just kind of just, you would hear new rumors pop up about somebody buying it and then they were going to, you know, fix it. They were going to finish it. And we kind of said, oh, yeah, whatever. But then, you know, movement started happening where they started sort of, you know, working on the property and uh, it's now here. So uh, I honestly, so it's really funny because I've actually seen the Fountain Blue being built. And I've also seen the resorts world, you know, go from dormant to, you know, a building. So it was actually really fun seeing it all sort of put together. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And 
I don't know if I actually would have went to the Fountain Blue if I was younger, just because it's a definite. It's definitely a certain vibe that is very particular for Las Vegas, and I have to say I'm excited about it. So let's talk about the night. So I ended up, you know, having kind of a full day. I was doing pods. I was sort of, you know, working on stuff, and then it was getting later and later uh, because the news did be, you know, was passed down throughout the weeks that the grand opening, sort of, you know, the, the day of. Um, was really just going to be VIPs for sort of the, you know, afternoon and then into the early evening. And we really locals or people, you know, the general public wasn't going to be able to walk in till 1145 Pacific time. So again, almost midnight. It was very, very late. So I really had all day to think about it. And man, when I feel like I'm just getting old, it started getting a little bit, you know, later in the evening. And I said, man, I just think I'm just going to stay home. Maybe I'll check it out the next day. And I was like, no, you got to shake it out. You got to shake it off. You have to go experience this now. So I ended up, you know, getting ready. I haven't gotten ready at eight o'clock at night in a very, very long time. So I think I started getting ready around 730, eight o'clock. You know, as the time kind of just kept going on and on, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a late night. So I actually ended up going and parking because the parking situation is really weird at Fountain Blue. They had... Uh, and I really didn't learn about it until the day of, but you weren't able to park at the property, unless you're a VIP, obviously, um, South Park, Valet, whatever, you weren't able to do it until, you know, I think three o'clock the next day, which, you know, we're not going there at three o'clock, we're going there much earlier than that. So um, I didn't know how traffic was going to be, so I actually ended up parking at Resorts World, which actually is a really good little um, sort of test of how far it is to walk from, say, Resorts World to... Fountain Blue, which actually is not very far. I would actually equate it to if you were walking from, for example, Park MGM to, let's see here, Park MGM to like maybe Cosmopolitan, maybe Aria. I would say Aria, but I would say it's less than that. I would say it's like Park MGM to Aria if you walked on the, you know, the street, but there's there's a shortcut to get there. So that's why I kind of had to think about it. So I would say probably like Park MGM to Aria is probably what you're looking in terms of walking distance. So it's not too bad. It's very doable. But getting there from the other parts of the strip, it is quite far. So the good thing is, is that I believe Fountain Blue is certainly a place that you can go and just spend your whole trip at that property. So as we're waiting in line, so everybody sort of lined up, you had to go through one entrance, which was essentially the main entrance from the it's the main entrance from Las Vegas Boulevard. There's really only that one entrance from Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, there is another entrance, I believe, on the far side, and then, of course, uh, through the valet, which is another entrance in all itself. So as we stood in line, uh, I got in line around 11.20, and then I waited, and I didn't know if there was going to be a line. I didn't know how busy it was going to be, but it was a good amount of people. So as we all kind of sort of... The, the clock hit 12, so very genius marketing. It said we're open right before 12, and it ended up being, you know, more, you know, across, you know, midnight. So as we started to stream through and sort of going through the main doors, um, you just see this beautiful white building on the inside, a beautiful white interior sort of, you know, engulf everybody. And it has so many layers in terms of floors it just feels cavernous on the inside it has these beautiful very large ceilings a very large room right in the middle but it's broken up from these false ceilings that you can see that 
like oh like you know go over the blackjack tables which is really cool and then it has this beautiful just show stopping centerpiece which is the uh blue bar which the blue bar is sort of like the chandelier bar at the cosmopolitan but it has these beautiful just sort of cascading uh or ornaments that come down from the ceiling it's a chandelier essentially um it's not as you know big as the chandelier bar because the chandelier bar is basically three floors it's a built bar with chandeliers all around but this one just feels very elegant and very 19 you know very vintage miami and la because it's really what it feels it feels very vintage la and miami um for the 1950s and 60s it feels very classic and elegant and luxurious uh those are the words that i would describe this property they're very luxurious very very high end and I like it. I love that it has a specific focus. And I think it's interesting that it's color, you know, it's obviously blue, of course. And it's been noted about the bow tie effect on all of the different decorations and carpeting and the trash cans and even the chandeliers. But I think it's a it's an interesting thought that they went white and blue, you know, to contrast the, you know, deep beautiful lush red that you get from the wind it just sort of gives it that gives it its own like appearance to be honest um which i think is great i think i really really enjoy that look to it it really makes you you know yearn for that old las vegas from the 50s and the sands and the dunes and then the rat pack era and i think that's you know really really cool so as you walk in it does have a lot of different sort of nooks and crannies which are you know very fun to explore, and I think it's a really cool ode to the original, uh, the original archi architecture of classic Vegas hotels, where it has all these curves and sort of what's around the corner bends, if you will. Um, I believe it was also inspired by the original Fountain Blue, which was supposed to have this beautiful curve on the inside that was very postmodern, um, and. It really felt that way. It was really, really cool. Um, I actually ended up, as I was walking in, I made sure to take a picture of the you know, the main bar in the center. Everybody was very, very excited. Um, you do have a lot of table games spread out, which is you know pretty cool. Uh, the craps tables were kind of hard to find, and they're kind of in an interesting place. Um, I'm hopefully going to play craps there when I go see it the next time. But it did feel like it was a little bit out of the way, uh, sort of off to the end. Uh, and it does feel like the placement of the sort of carnival games was kind of in a weird spot in terms of it being sort of in, you know, in the center. And then the blackjack tables were off to the side where the craps tables were. So I don't think I enjoyed that aspect of it. I think I would move the blackjack tables back to where, you know, closer to the blue bar. So it's sort of like the main walkway because you have the guest rooms, which are basically straight ahead from the blue bar. And then as you sort of walk out, it has all these different types of games like three card poker, so on and so forth. So I think I would have liked the blackjack tables there instead of those ones. But these are nitpicks of somebody who, you know, obviously, you know, walks through casinos very often. So as I walked in, uh, it's just you, you don't know where to look when you go to a, an opening. It's not very elegant for the public. It is very elegant for the people that were there. People that were there were like Tom Brady. Uh, Justin Timberlake did the ceremonial first role on the craps table right next to Paul Anka, who also did a role as well. Uh, but Justin Timberlake gets the... Uh, gets the dibs on the first roll 
uh, at the craps table, which Cher was there as well. Tyga was there. So it was a, definitely a star-studded event. And uh, contrary to lots of the social media uh you know, influencers or social media trolls uh, on Twitter. I'm looking at you, Vital Vegas, um, saying that they didn't invite any of the major players uh, in Las Vegas. Um, I knew for a fact that the higher ups of Circa, which is one of the more high profile, um, high profile executives in town, other than like Bill Hornbuckle, for example. Um, I did see Derek Stevens there. He w- he was invited along with. Um, a couple other executives, and of course, you can just you know check it out for yourself. But he was there, so I think if you put to put to bed that you know they didn't invite anybody from the city. That's it's just the way they wanted it. So it's what it is. The Clark County Commissioner was there for the opening as well. So again, that's sort of that's who was there. Um, but anyway, so as I walked in, one of the first places that I you know walked into was the tequila bar. It was called Asul Tequila Bar, which. Got me by surprise. I just ended up going in there because it had music. So I saw live music. It seemed like a happening spot. It's very dark. It feels sort of like a, um, it feels like a like a, like a cantina, but very high end. Don't think like cantina. Um, I just say that because of how the bar sort of looked. But everything else, it was you know this beautiful, uh, like orange color with you know obviously the accents from the lighting that made it you know really nice. It had a really good sound system, which was good. It had all these very nice little cutouts for booths. It had seats in the middle. It obviously had that you know the bar as well. Lots of tequila on, you know, on brand, on, you know, on hand, of course, um, different types, high end, you know, standard, uh, but they did have whiskey as well, which is, I was, you know, very appreciative. Uh, yes. Uh, the first drink that I had over at Fountain Blue was an old fashioned. She made it wonderfully. So I really commend her for that. And I kind of feel bad for ordering that type of cocktail at an opening night, but it wasn't as busy as you might think sort of at that, you know, at the bar for they couldn't make a drink. So they did a fantastic job. It was really delicious. Um, we had these guys playing, you know, Shania Twain, and it was this whole band. They even did Time of Your Life, uh, which was very fun to see. It was really cool. They even did the lift, which was very nice. But the energy was very, very excited. You were able to see people who were there as VIPs who were in the black tie and women in their beautiful gowns. It felt very much reminiscent of 1960s Vegas, just elegant. But you also had, you know, the normal folks that were just walking through. But it did feel like it was a very specific, you know, it wasn't just t-shirts for people. It felt like people know, knew that they had to, you know, dress up for this event just a, just a little bit because it's, it's a grand opening. It doesn't happen very often. So uh, Azul Tequila Bar, I would definitely go back again. Great vibes in there. Really great atmosphere. And I would, you know, 100% check it out one more time. So really enjoyed it. Kind of hidden, which is, you know, unique, uh, but definitely loved it. So after that, I went on my little walkabout. So I decided to walk through the entire casino because really the first thing everybody does when they walk into a new casino is just want to walk around. They just want to check out all the stuff. So I made sure to, you know, stop, kind of experience a bar, see kind of how it felt. And it's cool. And of course, it's not going to always be the same. It always sort of just depends on the evening that you go. They may have live music. They may not. They might have a DJ. So just know it's not always going to be the same. So as I was on my walkabout, walking through the entire casino, um, Azul is basically on one of the corners, so you do sort of round your way around to the other part of the you know casino itself. 
And as you go towards the blue bar, they had a live band, which everybody wanted to be at the blue bar. That's really sort of the center of all the action, which I think has a good amount of, you know, lounge, lounge tables. They have a nice big bar as well, of course, you know, in, in the center. And I did not end up getting a drink there just because it was way too busy. But I was able to walk through it, which was, you know, not bad. Uh, beautiful white marble everywhere, which was really, you know, really nice touch. And again, that was the accents. Lots of white, lots of blue. Uh, the table minimums when I went were 25 when I got in. By the time I left, they were at 50, 100, and they even had a thousand dollar table, which was 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 don't don't worry don't worry guys it was reserved for somebody so typically that happens. But they actually had a huge live band set up, which was really cool. It actually rotated sort of like an old school you know lounge would, even though this was maybe like a high end type of high lounge. Uh, with a whole horn section, they had, you know, four or five singers, they had, you know, the piano player, of course, they had the uh, bass player, guitar player, they were all there, and I stopped and listened to a song, and that music was actually the music going out to the rest of the casino, which was fun, so on the main floor, there's a couple restaurants, and what I really enjoyed about this was that the restaurants were really integrated into the casino itself, where it didn't feel like each one was sort of in its own world, and then it was, you know, boom, smack dabbed in the middle of this hotel. Um, it did feel like everything was a part of a whole, which is really, really what I look for for these hotels. Uh, the example that I kind of always use is Resorts World. Resorts World basically feels like, uh, a, you know, a really big mall that has a bunch of different vendors on the inside that sort of create its own, you know, space. This one feels like the inside of the restaurants are unique to each other, of course, which as they should, but the outsides all felt like it was part of the hotel, like it really was integrated into the property. And I really, really like that look because it makes everything feel like it's supposed to be there. So I walked by Mother Wolf, which is an Italian, you know, it's, an, it's a Roman, specifically Roman Italian restaurant. And the outside just looked totally normal. And when you get on the inside, you get all the beautiful accents that I've seen from the one in Los Angeles. Uh, they also have uh, Caillou, which Caillou is uh, one of their Asian restaurants, which that one is wasn't open when I was there. But it's definitely going to be one of their you know more interesting spots. It's sort of like Asian favorites, pretty straightforward Asian cuisine. It's right by the entrance to the hotel. So. As I sort of make, you know, kept walking through, they also have Don's Prime, which is their sort of classic steakhouse, which is going to be located on the ground floor as well. It has a beautiful bar that actually looks out to the casino. I love that. I really love when casinos look out to the casino and not into the, you know, a wall, just because it makes it feel like a place where you can people watch. And I think that's very, very important. And it's sort of you can see where it can be opened up, where it's sort of an open concept, but there is a wall that does divide the actual dining room, which I think that's very, very important to note. So as I sort of walk through, uh, they do have Collins, which is another bar, which is located right next to the front desk, which the front desk is very, very big space. It's a huge space right by the valet and has all these big, beautiful flower arrangements that were set in the middle of the front desk, of course. Um, it, uh, not, not, I'm not trying to put it down, but it does feel kind of like an airport. Um, it's a big, giant room of you know with white spaces. It's a big white room, but I think the only one that might have trouble is Collins. Collins is you know in a very interesting sort of breezeway. It feels very much like a casino, you know, like a lobby bar, um, and it feel. I guess it's supposed to feel very much like a 1970s sort of lounge. 
and it'll be interesting. I didn't actually have a drink there, but I did walk through it. Uh, it is one of the places with the lower ceilings, and it's kind of exposed, which I don't know how it's going to fare, but I don't know. Time will tell and see how it actually you know shakes out. So with that, we have to move to the second level where you actually have two giant escalators that take you up to the second floor, which has a lot of the things in you know a lot of the marquee brands are on this second floor. Um, it's very reminiscent of what you see at Planet Hollywood in terms of their escalators that go up to that sort of second space, but this one feels very much more put together. So when you get up there, there's actually this beautiful large landing area that gives you a view of the entire casino. So it's really great for photos. You can get sort of the layout, you know, lay of the land, if you will. Um, really, really cool. So I took, you know, a couple pictures up there, made my way through sort of their shopping area. So uh, I, I didn't go through the entire casino, you know, on this trip. It's very, very large. It was very, very late, and I was wearing very, very tight shoes. But I made sure to hit some of the biggies. So as I got up to that second floor, I ended up actually – turning left and going through sort of like this breezeway. And that's where I ended up walking and seeing uh, Komodo, which Komodo is their, you know, their Southeast Asian fusion restaurant, which has this very cool, you know, interesting style that is going to be very, very popular. Uh, that actually was where Kim Kardashian was held up at, um, along with her sisters. Uh, they were at Komodo. Uh, which I believe also has a location in Los Angeles as well. So as I move on from there, there was actually a bar on the outside of that one as well. And as you move through there, that's actually where they have their food court. Their food court was quite expansive. It had, you know, pizza. It also had um, a couple different, it had a burger spot. Uh, they had a coffee shop, of course. So it's a very large collection of dining experiences on the inside, which I didn't have any because, again, too busy. But as I kept walking through, it's another little breezeway that has beautiful open spaces where you can actually see out to the casino, really gives you that sort of up-tempo vibe. And as I get to this other landing where the other escalators are, that is where Poppy Steak is. Um, I can already tell Poppy Steak is going to be super, super popular here in Vegas. Uh, it's it's actually has a very popular restaurant in Miami already. So a nod to the Miami Heritage. They will have Poppy Steak here in Las Vegas as well. Um, it was closed off. It had that sort of closed off design look, uh, which that one very much reminiscent of Stanton Social to me, where it's sort of like a it's a mystery of what's inside, even though you know what's in there. And I think it's definitely going to be one of the more popular places for nightclubbers and you know people going to the nightclub. We'll start the night off there. So I think it's also going to be huge for people in the industry. You know, when I say the industry, I mean nightlife. So I think that's going to be super, super popular. So that was Poppy Steak. Um, I didn't go to the third floor because the third floor is actually where they had Liv. Uh, so Liv, they actually had uh, bouncers and hosts standing at the escalators. So I wasn't able to go up, which was totally fine. That's also where the Blue Theater was located, which is where they had their big sort of start of the start of the night concert, which is where Justin Timberlake was, Paul Anka, uh, but Justin Timberlake, the main attraction there. So a lot of people went to that um, and then went to the the dinners after. So um, then from there, made my way back downstairs, which is a beautiful escalator ride when you go down. Really great if you want videos or anything of the entire space. It's a great spot. Um, I did check out the sports book as well. The sports book, very much more like a restaurant slash sports book. Uh, I think 
it'll be an interesting way that this sports book is used. It definitely feels more of an amenity. I mean, they're all amenities, but it feels very much not the focus of this particular restaurant. I'm sorry, this particular property. It feels very much like we need a sports book. Let's throw one in there. And hey, look, let's hook on a restaurant to it as well. So hopefully the restaurant does well. It was a very, very busy bar when I was there. Uh, it again felt, it was the only one that felt that was different, but I think that's, you know, by design that you know that that's where the sports book is. Uh, the sports book is actually called the Tavern. And then they have all these big lounge chairs. We'll see how busy it gets, but very much it feels like a restaurant that also has, you know, a pretty decent sized sports book. They have a lot of tellers, which is really, really a good sign. Love that they have a lot of tellers. And I think that's going to be very important for the people who are going to Fountain Blue as well. So I almost forgot. Um, I actually ended up walking into another bar, which was called Solo. It's called the Solo Lounge, which actually has high limit gaming in it as well. And they had everything I wanted. They had a huge whiskey selection, which was great. Um, I did. Ha there was a woman who walked in who asked for a martini. She wanted, you know, a mixed martini or a spicy margarita. It didn't have a lot of the mixes as well, which which is very common. It's very common for hotels that just open that they don't have certain items. And that's really just what you got to deal with. Uh, sometimes it's just not stocked up. They don't know really what people are ordering at that particular uh, lounge. So they have to sort of figure that out too. They do have growing pains, which is important for anybody going to these openings. Be as nice as possible just because everyone is, you know, they're trained. Everything's, you know, they're supposed to know what they're doing. Um, but things happen. Sometimes, you know, you can't handle, you know, your stock because, again, you don't know who's getting stuff from that bar in particular. Maybe this bar has a lot more whiskey drinkers. Maybe it has a lot more martini drinkers. Um, you just have to be aware, you know, try to be cool. Um, also, good mojo because if you're nice to the staff, hopefully the casino reciprocates, which it didn't for me. I played one slot machine just for my mom, and uh, we didn't win anything, so unfortunate. So, Solo was great. I really liked the vibe in there, and there's so many other bars. I think this is going to be a great lounge hotel. They have so many beautiful lounges and sort of nooks and crannies that that's really my vibe. I love lounges just to sort of sit, have a drink, take in the space, and I love that. I love lounges, and I didn't even do all the lounges. They actually had like two or three other lounges I wasn't able to get to because you know I had to drive home. But really enjoyed a lot of the lounges that they have on the inside, and I think that is really going to be the most exciting part is just sampling all of these fantastic lounges. Um, also, the restaurants, kind of excited about them. Um, the one that I'm probably most excited to try again is uh, Mother Wolf because I tried it in L.A., and then also one that I'm, you know, interested in is Poppy Steak, just to see what kind of, you know, the vibe is on the inside. I also have kind of been following, falling more in love with Asian flavors. So Komodo is definitely a place I want to try uh, when I come back to Las Vegas. So, or come back to, whew, um, come back to Las Vegas, uh, come back to the Fountain Blue. So other than that, I kind of went through the property. That is the property. Um, I believe they're offering, I think, three or four free hours for locals when you, when you park. And then the valet charging, I believe, is going to be around the $20 mark for uh, per day. And again, I could get that wrong, so just double-check the website for all the pricing on the parking. So that is what I experienced on my first look. First look for me, I'm going to say that this place 
definitely catering towards the more high-end crowd, definitely the luxurious crowd. Um, they don't have uh, like a like a show yet, like a production show. So that'll probably be forthcoming. They know they have their residencies coming up with uh, Post Malone, or at least for New Year's Eve. So, yeah, I would say it's a very luxurious property. It's beautiful. It's great for special occasions if you're going to come and you want to dress up and you want that sort of old school, you know, glam of 1960s Vegas. I think this is a great spot. So hopefully you guys check it out. Uh, this is, you know, shorter, you know, pretty normal sized episode today. But again, thank you so much for listening. I really can't wait to check out Fountain Blue again. Um, hopefully, I'll cut a video for you so you can actually see the visuals of how the property looks. But overall, this is a, you know, just an unbelievable, fantastic, over-the-top, but understated uh, property. I, I was just messing with words there, so what can you do? Uh, but again, really excited for Fountain Blue. Can't wait to stay there again and see what it's all about from the hotel perspective. So again, uh, check out Fountain Blue. It is now open here in Las Vegas. Again, if you want to follow me on any of my social channels, Concerts Confidential underscore LV on Instagram. You can also follow me on Instagram, my personal account, which is Brian Ortega 26 And again, you can always follow us on our TikTok, which is at Keys to Vegas. So again, hopefully I'll see you there. That'd be great. But again, uh, if you see me out in town, awesome. You know where I'll be on Wednesday, you know, December 20th. Uh, but if you see me, awesome. Say hello. Everything's good. Uh, but just remember, keep it confidential.